You are now tuned in, tuned in. to the Spectators, Spectators Podcast. What's happening, you guys? This is episode 84 of the Spectators Podcast. I'm Packy. I finally got out of the crib this weekend. Got to go play some golf, allegedly. For any of you golfers out there, I know I'm biased. But Michigan, if it's not the best state for golf, it's got to be top three. And I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend to be some super well traveled golfer. I'm not. Um, but I've played in a lot of different areas of the country, and the main thing is, yeah, I haven't played at all the nicest courses around the country. But what I'm saying is, when you take price into consideration. I just I just can't imagine much comparing to Michigan. Up north Michigan is is where it's at. And there's there's lots of really nice courses out west, down south, um but just from my experience, you have to pay an arm and a leg to get on a lot of these whereas Michigan we have some really really nice public courses that are actually affordable. Like the the type of courses you get in Michigan for 75 bucks compared to the type of course you get in Florida for 75 bucks. In my experience, it's night and day. Like I remember playing some courses in Florida and paying, you know, 50, 60 bucks. And the course is the same type of quality as maybe one of the city courses here in mid Michigan that I'd pay 30 bucks for. Um, again, I have a small experience with it and I'm biased toward Michigan but I just, in the summertime, you know, any golfers out there, highly recommend a summertime trip to northern Michigan for some golf. Um, but, yeah, I was kind of off the grid this weekend a little bit, again, allegedly. And um, and it was nice. I know I was off social media. I uh, haven't really been talking to you guys much, so it's good to be back. Um, we got new music. Uh, just dropped two new songs last week. Well, shit, we got to get the drop. We got to get the Spectators news drop, you know. I'm a company man, I do it all for the brand I give my blood to the job and I give my love to the fans Really spec from the jump, never no check in advance And at the end of the morning I'm a company man, I do it all for the brand I give my blood to the job and I give my love to the fans Really spec from the jump, never no check in advance And at the end of the month, I earn a check in my hand That song is finally out now, by the way for people that have been podcast listeners but not necessarily up on all the new music. Um, that song is called Company Man. It's out on all um, streaming platforms, so go check that out. Um, but I put out two new songs last week as well. Retire My Jersey, midweek, and I put out Already Down on Saturday. Retire My Jersey has some of my favorite bars of any song on the project. Um Already Down might be my favorite all-around track as far as the bangers go um, from Guess You Had to Be There. Hot Shit is right there for me, but I think Already Down is a little more um, well-rounded, a little more complete. Um, but yeah, those are both out now, man. Go stream the shit out of those. I can't wait to perform Already Down. That one's going to be fun. But make sure you go run those up if you like them. Um Again, for those that haven't heard, Already Down is the Spec 16 Already Down. But we got a hook and we got a second verse. We, we made it a full song. 
um, which is not like me. I don't usually give in to the, to the pressure to make the 16s full songs, but I had to with this one. It just fit the project so nicely, and I, I love that record. I, I know you guys did too, so I figured I'd make it a whole one. Um, I've been experimenting with some different release schedules, as you guys can see with the two songs in one week. Um, I rarely, if ever, have dropped on a Saturday. Um, but I've just been experimenting with some different things, looking at the Spotify analytics to try to see what works, what doesn't. Um, it's one of the advantages of having a batch of songs you can drop. You can kind of try some things out, see what works, what doesn't. Um, just trying to, like, you can research some of this stuff, and there's lots of information out there, just like anything else. But so much of it um, is uncharted territory or unrecorded territory, I should say. I'm sure some people have tried it, but you can't find some information as it... So much of the stuff you find pertains to major label artists. And for us indies, it's really the Wild West out here. So it's like, you might as well try some shit. Best thing you can do is... Best thing you guys can do is just save these songs if you like them so that they pop up in your rotation every every so often. And, and that's that's the best thing for, for you guys, the fans, to do. For me, I'm experimenting with different ways to get the most um, other listeners outside the core to, to hear this shit, to have it pop up in their feeds. Um, in their playlists, things like that. Um, but yeah, I appreciate the feedback and, and, and the love on all these records. I, I talked, I talk too much about numbers, honestly. And I think that's kind of a thing in music in general, um, especially hip hop that I, I want to get away from a little bit. And I think it, it becomes a little too with, with these streaming, uh, platforms, I, I like the numbers thing. Don't get me wrong. I think I think there's a healthy competition in in rap that I like. Um, you can you can have friends out here and be cool, but still be like competing with each other. And I think there's a good aspect of that. Rap is very braggadocious and competitive, and I think that's good. But I think sometimes with these streaming platforms, they become too algorithmic, and we we chase too much of that shit rather than actually focusing on the music itself. So. Um, I want to talk a little less about the numbers sometimes and all the background with it and more talk about how songs are actually speaking to the fans. Cause real talk, you guys are the important ones, not the, yeah, I, as an artist, I'm always trying to grow my fan base. And so I'm looking, uh, I'm looking out that way, but I can, I can sometimes take the core for granted in that way. And I don't want to, because I really do appreciate the feedback I've been getting on these songs. Um, how you guys have been saying some of these songs are, are really speaking to you and I've, I've just gotten some some really good messages about um, a lot of these records. So thank you guys. Um, guess you had to be there. Has has been really fun, this rollout so far. Um, and I just want to thank you guys for that. So after two songs this past week, I'm probably going to sit tight this week on releases, um, spin these new records. We're going to come back mid-May with one and done. Uh, and then we'll have two left after that. I don't know if we'll have Spec 16s. Or not, again, this month, so much of this coronavirus situation is is tricky because you're not just talking about your own personal decisions. You're having to gauge other people's comfort level with things. Um, so it just makes a lot of stuff kind of tricky. Um, but maybe Apollo and I can do some type of live stream again. I'll have it hashed out for next Tuesday when I come on the pod and, and be able to give you guys a firm update. Um other than that, make sure you subscribe to the Spectators Podcast on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. If you want to go the extra mile, leave a five-star review. Thanks to all the loyal listeners out there, and let's pod. You are now tuned in. Tune in.
to the Spectators, Spectators Podcast. All right, the big topic of the day is the Dark Lane demo tapes. Drizzy Drake, the one and only, uh, dropped his project. It's projected to do about 250 week one. Um, you know, something light. When we talk about Drake projects, I have to have a Drake scale because all of his music has such replay value for me. Like almost all of it. And I think this project was was really solid stuff from the Drizzle Man. It didn't blow my mind, um, but it was it was just a lot of good shit, you know? Good replay value. On the Drake scale, I'm gonna give it about a seven. When I think about his catalog, this isn't necessarily up near the top for me. Um, there's a lot of albums of his, projects of his that I would play ahead of this. Again, this is new. This is just me um, coming off top. I reserve the right to change my mind because that is one thing about Drake is his music does tend to grow on me over time. Um, I know if, if you're reading this, it's too late. It felt like every time I played that record, it got better and better. And, and to this day, that could possibly be my favorite Drake album. Probably between that and nothing was the same. Which is crazy because that was supposed to be just like, you know, a spontaneous mixtape. I never would have thought I'd be here in, in 2020 being like, that might be my favorite Drake project. Because um, he kind of had, it was a new, unique sound for Drake then too. Like it was that true trap sound. But yeah. I always have to judge Aubrey on two different scales. The Drake scale, which compares Drake to his previous catalog. So it's a higher bar, you know. So I'm giving this, uh, let's, let's call it a 6.75 6. on the Drake scale. But on the normal scale, comparing him to all other artists, I gotta be honest, you guys are going to think this is crazy. I gotta give it like an 8.5. Call me a Drake stan. I don't care. I just I haven't stopped playing it since it dropped. And you can play the album all the way through. There's no record that I hate. He's got every different type of track on this project. And don't get bogged down in, in the fact that he calls it the demo tapes and it's not an album. Like, do you like listening to the music? That's that's the bottom line for me. And like I said, he's got all different types of vibes. Losses. And when to say when are that introspective Drake, uh, the, the life bars that Drake is known for. It's probably my favorite type of Drake. When he gets in this zone, he, he gives us some of his, you know, his intros, his outros, uh, the timestamp records like 9 a.m. in Dallas, which to me, those are his his signature. That's the signature Drake to me. Um I know when to say when was already out, but it's probably my favorite record on the project. He's just talking that talk. Like I said, that's my favorite style of his, even though I, I do like them all. Same with losses, but if I have to choose between those two, I just think when to say when is, is slightly better. But those are two great records off the project. Then you have Landed and D4L, which to me are the bangers that are going to stay in rotation. Landed will probably get the most play from me of any track on here. Um, I mean, he's just, he's, he's talk he's talking that talk. He said, wrote this with a Cartier pen. Do I sound different? And 
And for some reason, that hits so much harder than when I try to say, wrote this with a Bic. Do I sound different? One reason why this project isn't even more highly rated by me is that as much as I enjoy some of these songs, it almost feels like Drake can just shit out hits at this point, and he knows it. And it's slightly, it's slightly coming across in some type of way in the music. I don't know if it's just less time on the mix or whether I'm just kind of being picky, but it doesn't feel polished enough for me to rate it any higher, and 8.5 is already pretty high. Um, and trust me, I'm well aware that that's partly the point of this project. It literally has demo tapes in the title. Um, so I get it, but I'm just saying, got to give you the explanation, but D4L is super hard. I'm not the biggest future guy. You guys know that Thug is hit or miss for me. Um, got some songs I really like, got some shit that is popular that I don't really like. Um, I'm not mad at future on this one. The money counter vocals actually work really well. I think he rides the beat. Uh, I could do without Thugger, but he doesn't ruin it. But uh, a certified blammer for sure. Um, and then finally, you have that melodic Drake, the catchy Drake with Time Flies. Time Flies is the top three song on this album for me. Uh, just a just a typical Drake bop. And those are probably my five favorites off the project. Um, Losses, When to Say When, Landed, D4L, and and Time Flies in no particular order. Um, throw Chicago Freestyle in there. That would be the clear-cut top six for me, the ones that I will run back the most. Again, there's nothing I hate on here. There's no track I'd have to skip. Um, that being said, I have no interest in, in Demons after Drake's verse. He can keep those features, those uh, features, and sweet Moses. Why did he let Playboy Cardi on pain nineteen ninety three? I love the first minute and fifteen seconds of that track. Love it, and then Cardi comes in and and he makes my pee pee soft. I was reading. Um, Yo's one listen review that he does for DJ Booth with a lot of projects. And when it came to this song, he said, and I quote, Southside Cardi came to dunk on Drake. His voice is stealing the show. How does he get his voice that texture? Bruh. I could not disagree more. Texture? That shit made my ears bleed. Fam. I just feel bad when a feature straight up ruins a song, and that's what happened for me here. But thank, thank God Drake goes first. That's I'm always thankful for that in it with a feature that I that I hate. Uh, thank God Drake went first because I'll still play the record here and there just for that first minute. But I'm definitely not gonna play it as much for only a minute. And I love that the beat, Drake's verse, the hook. I just cannot stand that Cardi verse. Wow, that's that was a swing and a miss on that feature for me. From a business perspective, I appreciate that Drake puts people on like that. Obviously, he could he could get anybody he wants on any record. He's the biggest artist in the world, but he chooses to put on certain lesser known cats. And I'm not saying Cardi isn't known, but he's not a he's not a megastar. And there's always some other features that Drake utilizes that people haven't heard. And even though I I often don't like it, maybe as a listener, as a huge Drake fan, I do respect it. 
These days, Drake always makes me think about this too. Um, it's the challenge as you get older as a rapper. Mature rap can be corny very easily. Like, mature rap is either whack or corny more than it's actually good, I think. Like, it's hard to pull off. That being said, being 35 and rapping like a 21-year-old can be corny as hell, too. So getting older in rap can be, can be really tricky. And I'm trying to navigate that myself right now, obviously, um, on a way, way, way smaller scale. But Drake is such an interesting case study to me. He has all the talent in the world, obviously. He's well-spoken. He can articulate his, his messages beautifully. He's, uh, I believe he's 33. And in some ways, age, age really is just a number in some ways. It, it's, all, it's all about who you are, how you live, you know. You're as young as you feel in, in a lot of ways. That being said, ages are checkpoints. Years are, um, you know, mile markers. We all know that we only get so many of them. I think a part of Drake's success comes from the fact that he seems genuinely satisfied to live that, that young bachelor lifestyle well into his 30s. And, I mean, obviously, you can't blame him. He's the biggest, biggest music star in the world. But imagine, imagine Drake getting, getting wiped up, like really wiped up and then making music. Drake's always talked about his real life, which is one of the things that's, that's always drawn me to him. But so much of his music relates to the fast life and his relationships with a bunch of different women. Um, sometimes I straight up wonder if he avoids real life commitment because he knows what it would do to his music. And that's, that's, uh, it's really something that gets tricky as you get older in rap. I think that's why the guys that do talk about their genuine lives have trouble keeping up with the content that some of the younger cats um, can create. Um, they have trouble with that as they mature and they get older. It's harder to make surface level fun records when you're not living that life every day. I know it is for me. My day to day now is, is, is running my business and making my future wife happy. And I'm happy with that. Or I wouldn't be doing it. But it doesn't necessarily facilitate the best rap records. You know? My day-to-day -day used to be getting fucked up every night with my friends, you know, talking to different girls and making stupid decisions that I would then talk about on, on records when I was in college and stuff, you know? But one thing I can't ever do is, is, is rap about shit that's not my life. And I think most of our best rappers are the same way. Drake, Cole, Kendrick, you know? I think that's one of the reasons a, a J. Cole, for example, doesn't consistently put out the content that a Drake does. Obviously, there's way more that goes into it. They're different people. Um, but I do think that plays a bigger role than people think. And I also feel like that aspect of life inspires a lot of Drake's music right now as well. That internal battle he probably has um, as he gets older between wanting to settle down but also wanting to maintain his spot at the top of music, knowing that all of his best content comes from his endeavors with thotties, you could say. I don't know. It's just interesting to me, mainly because for me, I can honestly say I, I tend to prefer. How would I say I prefer immature rap, but like grown immature rap. 
and and I can like you know, I can like super immature rap too. But I I like the grown immature rap, immature. But the but the artist knows how to how to portray it. Um, is a good wordsmith. Um, as a fan, I like that. But the older I get, the more removed I am from that immaturity as a creator and a writer and a lifestyle. It wouldn't be genuine. So I'm in a place where I don't want to make preachy old man music because I don't even like listening to that. But I can't necessarily make toxic relationship or super immature party music because that's not the life I'm living. And I don't, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself or, or you know, toot my own horn and sound like a douche, but I'm really proud of the content. I guess you had to be there. I think it, I think it uniquely displays that and I think it was able to make some fun records some relationship records that are real inspired by the one woman in my life and some some introspective records that actually kind of touch on a lot of this shit while hopefully being like motivational and reflective and personal rather than preachy and boring I hope that's what I've accomplished, and I, and I hope I can continue to execute that. I never want to be the old man still trying to play with the youngins, but I also don't want to be the old man that's past his prime talking about shit that isn't even relevant to me or the audience anymore. And again, I think to, to bring it back around and off of me, I think that's what makes Drake so uniquely relevant for so long. Like When you really think about how long this dude's been on top of the game, and when I say on top of the game, I'm not exaggerating. Like, he's been the guy for years in hip-hop, which is a young man's game. Like, the next new thing is the hottest thing. And even as Drake gets older, his lifestyle remains that of a young man. Like, all he does is get more and more money to go do wilder and wilder shit with. So it's just interesting to me. I'll, I'll be real interested to see how Drake's music changes if and when he he flips that switch and settles down. It happens with it happens with really all of our all, all the best rappers that do eventually settle down. Um, the ones that because like I said, in my opinion, the best rappers are the ones that talk about their real lives. Um, you know, Cole, Jay Z. It, it it changes when you when you hit that hit that grown mature level and you settle down and it's not a death sentence for your music it just becomes more challenging to navigate through hip-hop for the time being though i see drake just continuing to make popular music with ease because he seems very satisfied in that pocket and is is in no rush to change um what else we got french montana says drake and jay-z quote-unquote Probably got me in a hits battle. Do you think, French? Um, Nicolas Cage is playing Joe Exotic in a new TV series. Are we serious? We're re we're really making this making this dude Joe Exotic into a franchise. I will be tuned in though. Apparently. I didn't look deeply into this, but apparently this was already like in the works before the success of this Netflix series. Don't quote me on that. Again, I didn't deep dive into this, but I I do believe I read that, which was very surprising to me. I assumed this was just some cheap ass 
um, ploy to capitalize on the success of this. But it makes me it makes me a little um, less queasy if they had this plan beforehand. If not, it just looks like an opportunist. Like my guess would be that the doc is going to be better than whatever this Nicolas Cage movie is. But obviously, it'll do well based on the the amount of eyeballs that have been on Joe Exotic and know what that is now. Um, I mentioned on a, on a previous podcast about Spotify streaming being down. That was a big topic, um, in the music world because of coronavirus. Um, I read an article now that says it's not, they don't know for sure that it's necessarily going to be down. It's going to be different now to me. That could just be them trying to frame it. Um, they say morning routines, have changed significantly. Like every day looks more like the weekend, which I guess is no surprise. Like as far as morning routines, like there's no morning commutes and stuff, you know, less people listening in their car um, and on their devices and more people. But they, they do say they have a lot more people listening through video game systems and, and streaming on their TV. Um, I don't know if that will end up evening out, but I don't know. It's just an update on a story that I talked about previously on this pod. So I wanted to give the update. I would have to imagine more people like people are spending way, way, way less time in their cars. And I would have to imagine that is one of the number one places people listen to music. I know it is for me. Um, and so video games. Okay. I can see the uptick in that. TV, like on your TV straight up, I can see an uptick in that, but I don't think it would cancel out the, the travel time and some of the things the, not only the travel time, but one of the biggest ones is being out at bars and clubs and, and hanging out with friends. Um, you're just not doing that anymore. So they did say their ad business has been hit hard because companies aren't spending money at this time. Guess who's going to pay for that artist? And I should check. I, I, I don't have it pulled up, but this was it sounds like this could have been a, a press release put out by Spotify. Like, oh no, actually streaming isn't down, but our ad business is way down, so there's gonna be a lot less money. But stri- but the amount of streaming is fine. I'll have to look more more into that and give an update because I don't know. I'm gonna be interested to see when we when we uh when we see the direct numbers for these months, for these coronavirus months. And see what they look like. Because the ad thing does make sense. I'm not acting like that's some big conspiracy. Companies are going to be less likely to spend money on ads right now in general. Spotify, YouTube, like any type of ads. Businesses are just being hit hard. And, and that would be one of the places to cut would be advertising. Um, so that makes sense. But in the same article I was talking about, oh, streaming's actually just changed. It's not down. I'll be interested to check that out. Um, yeah, that's about it. I really wanted to come in and talk about that Drake project. Uh, because like I said, I was kind of, I was kind of off the grid this weekend. I was actually, um, in my car a lot and I listened to that album just consistently, like ran it back all the way through. It was, it's very replayable, very listenable. Um, cause I remember I listened to it first when it first came out that night, I'm in my headphones, like at midnight, just laying in bed and I wasn't overly impressed with it. And the more I sat with it and, and just like I said, in the car on a nice day, things like that, um, the project felt a lot better. 
Um, but let me know what you guys think about it. I'd be I'd be interested to know because I've seen different opinions as far as people like, oh Drake can't miss, but then I've seen the oh he can keep this one. Like I'm ready for the album. So let me know what you think. Uh, it's a short one today. I know, like I said, I spent a lot of time just in the car over the weekend, um, kind of unplugged, and you know, dark dark lane demo tapes is that what it's called? Got a lot of spins. So I just want to come in and talk about that. Uh, you know, we got to appreciate greatness while we have it. Drake is still at his peak. And in 20 to 30 years, we're going to be looking back at these times as the greatest run any artist has ever had. Straight up. He, he's the GOAT and he's still in his prime. So I'm just here recognizing it. Call me a stan. Whatever. And if these were throwaways, we're in for a, we're in for a hell of an album in the summertime from him. Um. Anyway, that was the that was the Drake crank slobbing podcast. Um. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you're all caught up on the new guess you had to be there releases. Only three songs left. Already down is the latest one to drop. So go peep that. Um. Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you want to listen. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. So you get the pod in your in your library right away. Holler at me at Packy Raps. That's P A C K Y R A P S on Twitter. Um, let me know your thoughts on the pod. Let me know if you have anything else you want me to talk about. And I will talk to you guys next Tuesday. I'm a company man. I do it all for the brand. I get my blood to the job and I get my love to the fans. Really spec from the jump. Never no check in advance. And at the end of the month, I earn a check in my hand.